Welcome into another edition of Tampa 2. Casey Phillips here with staff writer Bree Dix and you may hear some weird things throughout the episode. We're not sure if people are going to be able to hear it, but practice is going on <laughs> as we speak, and they are piping in crowd noise, which I love that you said you were hopeful it just would make people think that we were being cheered yeah, for. Yeah, we're being hyped up. That know, we have, like, a live audience. <laughs> yeah, that uh, you may hear an air horn occasionally. You may hear uh, some piped-in crowd noise, or you may hear none of it. We don't really know what the mics are going to pick up, but we wanted to make sure everybody understood exactly what was happening <laughs> if they heard it, which also means you know, we are recording this during practice uh, on Thursday, which means at this point we kind of only have a win Wednesdays, injury report, yes. pressers, things like that to go off of. So I'm sure there's still going to be a lot of development on the injury front between now and the game. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but just wanted to give people some perspective on when we're shooting it to know what we know at this point. Um, for now, let's go ahead and start by looking back at the Ravens game. Again, we know we're not going to necessarily want to do that for a whole yeah. heck of a long time. <laughs> but let's go ahead and just kind of take a peek back at that Ravens game, some of the takeaways, some of the big picture ideas now that we've had a little bit longer than usual even to process it since it was mm -hmm. a Thursday night game. And what do you feel like for you are the biggest things that have stuck with you after that game? Every week it seems like we talk about, you know, needing to see a complete game, needing to see continuity in all phases for four quarters. And, and once again, you really didn't see that. And I think for me, Todd Bowles summarized it perfectly after the game. He said, you know, it's third down on both sides of the ball. Offensively, they're not converting, whether it's third and one, whether it's third and long. And then defensively, they're not able to get off the field in the second half and whether that's busted coverages or whether it's missed assignments. So I think that's what I'm going to be looking to see against this Rams game is can this offense sustain drives? Can you put together cohesion for an entire game? And then defensively, are they able to force the Rams into some third and out situations? Yeah, it all really does influence each other because if you're not staying on the field as an offense, your defense gets tired, which is what we yeah. saw happen in that Ravens game. The time of possession gap was big. Yeah, and the fatigue sets the in. The fatigue sets in, and then you struggle to get off the field, which yep. means you get more fatigued, and then your offense isn't out there for a while. They get cold. It's a little bit harder for them to get in the rhythm and flow, so they really do influence each other. And I will say I was encouraged about the you know early on – part of the game for the offense yes. that the fact that we got a first quarter touchdown for the first time all season and it would have technically been the first drive we're gonna just forget about that little muffed punt situation we're gonna <laughs> forget about that a little bit but yeah they they got a first drive touchdown and they got points on their first two drives and I think that was a really big deal and even just on that first drive it was like there was a red zone conversion there was third down mm -hmm. third and one conversions there was an explosive pass play it was everything that they've been harping on of wanting about this offense to see more. And you saw all of it on that first yes. drive. And it was like, yes, this is it. This is what <laughs> this we've is been the waiting game, the for. Turning point. And then it just stalled out after that. You get mm -hmm. five straight punts later in the game. And that is tough to go that long without a score. And again, to put your defense in that situation. So yeah, just the consistency. But I think that was such a great sign that we saw that drive happen. It is possible. And I feel like yes. those are the things that they need to feel and know that it is such a game of, of rhythm and belief in the ability to do it. So I'm hopeful that that will still be able to carry over to a degree. Right. Um, how about the idea of keys to this next game based on the fact that how much are they related or not to what we just talked about, about the fact that it feels like these last three games, we've just been saying the same thing. And I'm sure Coach Bowles feels like he's been saying right. the same thing a whole lot. How much is your keys to the game based on who the Rams are and how much is it based on just what the Bucks need to do and be at this point in the season? I think, honestly, it's a little bit of both. I think a lot of it is execution, and you can have 
the game plan be something specific or have something dialed up. But if players aren't executing or you have missed assignments or guys are trying to play hero ball and they're getting out of position, well, the play isn't going to work. And then, like Tom Brady has said, well, in order to get opportunities in the red zone, you have to be efficient on first down and second down and then third down to get into those situations. So all of these things have to work cohesively, and you haven't seen that for a full four quarters. But I think one of the biggest things for the Buccaneers against this Rams team is going to be facing Aaron Donald. I love that and you I didn't know, say stopping. I appreciate that you didn't yes. even say stopping. You oh, just no, said no, facing. No. Like it's yes. I don't think anyone in this league would imagine that they can fully stop him. Right. Which is crazy when you well, can game plan so much for one person yes. and still not believe that you can necessarily right. stop him is just the craziest feeling, I imagine. Well, and he's one of those players I, I almost like to call them a a Lawrence Taylor type of impact player. And Lawrence Taylor, I mean, one of the greatest, I mean, arguably the best mm-hmm. defender that's ever played in the NFL, but he was a player that completely changed the game in the fact that, I mean, offensive linemen had to change their stance because yeah. they couldn't get out of it fast enough mm-hmm. to try and, and and go up against a guy like that. And Aaron Donald is a player that, I mean, teams account for him in their – pass protections in their run schemes they triple and double team him and yet he still is having success and is still primarily unblockable which is almost unheard of in the NFL just an absolute dominant three tag it's explosive out of his stance has you know a vast array of pass rush moves whether it's you know his cross chop the swim long arm whatever so I think the biggest thing for this offensive line and you know for for Lick for Nick Leverett, for the help that he gets and players going up against him is to be physical at the point of attack because he's a guy that he is going to exploit hesitation. So if they can beat him to the punch, that's going to be huge. And, you know, people often say the battle's won in the trenches, but for this game specifically, I think it can be in not letting Aaron Donald wreck a game because he most certainly can Absolutely. I think – Typically with my keys to the game, it's a little bit more X's and O's, but this is, I think I'm going to go a little bit more like abstract, I feel like this time, Ooh. and just say like that, word. that it is the communication Ooh, okay. and the discipline on Ooh, the defensive okay. side of things. I'm liking Right? Yeah. So I'm just picturing how last season ended and all the Bucks fans can collectively be like, why would you bring this up? <laughs> Watching Cooper Cup just Ooh. streaking down the field mm-hmm. wide open to know that this was how it ended, and it was the fact that there was obviously a miscommunication because nobody plans to leave Cooper Cup just Just wide wide open, open. soaring down the field. So I feel like, are you looking at the the fact that Coach Bowles has talked about this so much of the needing to execute and have the discipline of are you in your run gap? Are you communicating who's transferring the coverage over that? How much are you sticking to those fundamentals and discipline and not trying to do too much or not trying to do something that isn't your job? Right. And you are just sticking to exactly what your assignment is. Cause I know that that is what coach Bowles believes about his defense is if you do your assignment, it will work. Yeah. And to not have a moment where we see a Cooper cup running free to not have a moment where you see a big run go for yeah. 60 yards to just limit. Which is demoralizing. And then it that is. changes the momentum Absolutely. of the game. Absolutely. So I think to know that there is the communication where you don't see the someone wide open and everyone yeah. turning and looking at each other and going, I thought you, I thought you, what yeah. about you? Like to not see that I think will be very important to know 
this team, that's what has felt like what they've been harping on these last right. few weeks. Um, so I think that would be my keys to the game is that communication and discipline on defense yeah. to not have those big gashing plays. Oh, that, that would be huge. That would, that would be big. Um, how about these key matchups? I think we talked a little bit about it with our, our keys to the game, but for you, what are those key matchups you're watching? For me, I'm going to go a little bit more broad on that, and I'm going to go with the Bucks linebacker core in general because the Rams haven't been effective in running the football you know they're us and the Rams are both bottom of the league in that category but they're having to manufacture and almost simulate a run game to try and set up the play action so whether that's their you know the jet sweeps the reverses the bootlegs the the misdirection the motions like the swing passes all of these things work together and so I think for the Bucks linebacker core this week is going to be huge in maintaining gaps, being disciplined, setting the edge, outpacing rushers to the sideline, and getting hats to the ball to try and mitigate those the swing passes, the screens, and all of these things that the Rams can do so effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, mine, I think I just have to go with the Aaron Donald versus whoever he's lining up against on the line, but specifically yeah. Nick Leverett. I yes. mean, you know, Huge game for him. <laughs> holy moly. What a yeah. – talk about being thrown into the fire. And it's exactly what we talked about with Luke Gedeke too. Yeah. Of where, and that's frankly just what it means to play offensive line in this league is that every week you're facing a, a Pro Bowl caliber level guy most right. likely. I mean that's, that's just the thing is that almost every team is going to have at least one guy lining up across from you that is a game wrecker yes. and obviously none more than Aaron Donald. So I think Nick has done a great job – in terms of stepping in to start last week and even stepping in mid-game the week before that. And I feel like he has the right attitude about it. Like, oh, he's yeah. just a Got guy. A great moxie. He does have a lot of moxie about him, you know? <laughs> and he just seems to love what he does, and he loves being out there and is just constantly having fun. And I, I feel like that's something this team needs right now. Yeah. That we talk about teams needing the mean guy, right? Like, when we've talked about Ryan Jensen and that, that was something he always brought to this team – but I also feel like they need the fun guy. Yeah. And we talked about how that was something Gronk brought. And I know that Nick Leverett isn't Gronk in terms of the, I don't know, the gravitas, the the yeah. the pull in the locker room in that sense. But I do feel like that's something that when you are in a tough stretch, to be reminded that this is a fun job to have. It's a game and to maybe loosen things up a little bit and to not let the moment be too big for you because you're just enjoying it. And right. I actually was uh, hosted a Q&A for some fans uh, last night, and Nick Leverett was on the panel, and I asked him about facing Aaron Donald, and he was like, oh, it's going to be fun, man. And I was <laughs> like, what is happening? Like, what? Are, and, I, and I can tell he means it. Yes. He's not just saying that to act like he doesn't think it's a big deal. He knows how good Aaron right. Donald is, but to him, that's fun to get to go up against the best. And, of course, it also made me feel old that he is young enough that he said he grew up watching Aaron Donald. And I was like, I was working for the Rams when they drafted Aaron Donald. So now I feel old. Right. But, um, <laughs> Thank you for he, that. I think he was like 15 when Aaron right. Donald came into the league and he remembers in college. And so for him, it's this is going against a guy he has watched for a long time. And he seems excited about it. And so I really hope that, again, while we talked about the idea of stopping Aaron Donald completely is uh, maybe an unrealistic idea – but to just see this offensive line come together and really try to keep Brady upright, give that protection, I think that would do a lot for them and their confidence moving forward. Right. Well, and I think the the coaching staff has been really complimentary of Nick's, his cerebral approach to the game, his his film study, his dedication to the things off the field and kind of those intangibles to help 
materialize into production. And so I think that's going to be huge this week in because yep. against a guy like Aaron Donald, that's you need as much as you can get yeah. to, to try and see what some of those tendencies are. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see that matchup. Um, so let's talk about an injury update um, because we know that is a, a big factor here. So um, take us through – this is the, the good side of a Thursday night football game. Yes. <laughs> is that you get kind of the mini-buy. You can hopefully get some guys back and healthy. Where do you feel like the Bucks stand in terms of who has a chance of coming back um, how healthy do you think this team is going to be going into this game? I think it's positive to see you're going to get some reinforcements in in the secondary on defense. You know, Carlton Davis has been practicing, Sean Murphy bunting. So I think those are some guys that are going to play this week. Now, Antoine Winfield Jr. is still kind of working through and managing concussion protocol. He didn't practice yesterday, so we'll see kind of what the rest of the, the week looks like for him. And then also – Big note, Akeem Hicks yes. has been has been practicing this week, and he's missed, I think, like four or five weeks. Yeah, he's been time. out for, for a long time, and he's a guy that can make a huge difference in, in the interior alongside Vita Vea. So I'm excited to see what he can potentially bring in. I think Todd Bowles was a little grinning ear to ear just thinking about the significant contributions that he'll make in, in the run game. Something that would be huge with him coming back, especially timed with Shaq Barrett being out um, there's such to me a ripple effect of Shaq being out that isn't just about oh Anthony Nelson steps in for him right it's the fact that Shaq even if he wasn't getting the stats he commanded so much attention yeah some double teams that you you had less hands to go on other guys right and now does Anthony Nelson command the same response from the other team and if not those hands go somewhere else. Right. And they maybe, you know, then Vita Vea, it's harder for him. Or maybe Joe Trinshenka, it's harder for him. All these right. other people. Well, if you throw Akeem back into that mix and suddenly they're contending with him and Vita both in the middle, I'm thinking that helps an Anthony Nelson, a Joe Trinshenka, these other right. guys where they're going to have to be so focused on the massive human in the middle of that line that they aren't going to be able to give as much attention to those other people. And so I think that the timing of that, as much as it's obviously not a one for one in terms of what they do, it actually is important to not be missing both of them yeah. maybe at the same time. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be interesting. We, we have seen that Russell Gage did not practice. Right. Julio Jones still out. Julio Jones did not practice Wednesday. So um, I do think that, again, the, the wide receiver group is going to be interesting to see who can maybe try to step in. Um, Cameron Brait was listed as limited. Mm-hmm. Not really sure about that. So just in general for, for more targets offensively, it'll be interesting to see behind Mike and Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, where that is at, which I, I'm trying to remember the numbers. There are some really fun numbers to look forward to in this next game. Um, Brady has the chance to hit 100,000 career Ooh, passing geez. yards. Like, what? That's a ridiculous that number. Insane. A ridiculous number. Um, and then Chris Godwin is, I believe, eight yards away from becoming the second leading receiver in team history in terms of yards behind Mike Evans. Yes. To know that we would have the top two at the same time in franchise history in terms of yards is so incredible. And that they're both still – it's not like one is much older and barely hanging. Like, we're getting right. to see both of them still in, like, prime times of their career. To have the one and two is is very fun. Um, and Mike Evans is also uh, maybe only 100 and, I don't know, 20 yards or so away from 10,000 career yards right so some fun numbers could all happen oh, yeah getting, getting close in this one game which is going to be really fun um all right so let's uh talk about our player to watch this week who in your mind is that Ooh. okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with a little bit of an x factor on this one 
I'm going to go with Rashad White. Ooh, interesting. Because obviously the Bucks haven't been able to get the run game going, but I think if you look at the way that Christian McCaffrey has had success against the Rams pre and post trade, both yep. with the Panthers and then again with the 49ers, they used a lot of the perimeter ones, you know, getting him away from Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. use a lot utilizing his ability to elude defenders. And I think Rashad White is a guy that can really make a difference. And there could be some opportunities for him this week. I mean, you've seen his slashback style, you know, the the jump cut through contact. And he had several good runs in this previous game where you saw the patience. You saw him letting the blockers open up the holes, the the tempo, and then just his ability to to bounce to the outside. So I think this could end up being a really big game for him in, in a way that the Bucks can help get kind of the run game simulation going, get some of the play action, and kind of create those one-on-one matchups for, for Mike Evans. Okay, I like that. Um, mine kind of go along – I have thought about saying Devin, but you already did that kind of with your – Yes. With your, you know, kind of key matchups. So I think – I'm going to say Vita. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to say Vita. The guy is killing it. And four and a half sacks, new career high, already halfway into the season, not even fully halfway, leading the team. And last night at that same Q&A, Will Golston was on the panel, and I asked him about Vita. And Will was like, I need y'all to understand how crazy it is. He is leading the team. He's like, I want you to look at the history of nose tackles. Who can do that? He was just like, imploring the audience like I need you to understand how crazy this is what he's doing okay for just a little sec I just have to shed some spotlight on the celebration the Vita swimming Vea's, like the swimming the, swimming the crawl whatever I don't even know it's but swimming. it is amazing it's incredible it, it all started with the defense doing their row the boat celebration yes and he was like you know people just kept getting in the boat and making the boat longer he's like I decided I wanted to do something that went with it and that was why he just flopped down and started swimming next to the boat and then he talks about how he saw all these other people starting to do that across the league so he claims he's the trendsetter of everybody coming up with the idea of what to do outside (laughs) of the boat and now he he pioneered the move yep he used to do the lawnmower celebration after a sack and it was because I think Pat O'Connor's dad fixes up lawnmowers (laughs) <laughs> is that not just the I mean the so most just a little of a, of a teammate tie there yeah that's that's literally where it came from was Pat O'Connor's dad being like you should do uh, the lawnmower classic and then he felt like he'd done that a sufficient amount of time and needed to just spruce it up, up bit, and so yeah. that's where the swimming came from and you're right it's incredible Ooh. it makes me love him getting a sack that much more yes so I think that Vita is going to be very important because we you know Matthew Stafford is not necessarily the most mobile dude and if you can get that pocket to collapse up in his face um to be able to take away that just maybe straight line dump off to Cooper Cup to clog up. Like you said, they're not a great run team. And I think this defense needs a game where they hold the other team right. to like 30 yards rushing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like they just need a game like that. They used to do that to build more that often. confidence back yes. up. So I feel like this could be a game, especially knowing how this Rams offensive line has been beat up this year. They are not at full strength whatsoever. I feel like this could be a game where Vita Vea just keeps it rolling after that sack he got last week, and he's he's my player to watch. All right, we will close with this. Quote of the week. What do you got? I'm going with a quote from Carlton Davis. Always a good and quote. I, oh, yeah. And I thought he had a great quote on the the mindset of this team mm-hmm. right now. So they were asked about, you know, the – the three-game losing streak, 
And he said, we're just taking it one day at a time, trying to get back on track. No one is immune to obstacles and not having the season go your way. It is football, and we are going to battle right through it. Love that. Um, Mine is from Coach Bowles. It is a similar sentiment in terms of the mentality. Um, It's a little bit longer, so I'm going to read the whole thing, but there's three main points that I wanted to take out of it. So it says, it's accountability to each other. They're out on the field together, understanding how to prepare and doing things the right way. We're all in this boat together. Nobody is pointing fingers or anything else. The only thing that can get us out of it is ourselves. When we start making a play here or there, it becomes contagious. That's what football is. You've got to go out and believe and make plays. It comes with the little things. If we do the little things right, the big things will come. I liked all of that. First of all, I love that Todd Bowles is the same person all the time. Yes. He's very Never even too keel. high or too yes. low. And I think that's very important in a time like this. We do not need a sky is falling chicken little situation. Yes. And I loved that he brought up accountability, but also nobody pointing fingers. Because I think those things can be confused at times. I think people can sometimes want to see pointing fingers thinking it's accountability. And I think they're very different. Pointing fingers is what divides a team, that it's the pointing the finger at yourself. Accountability, he said, accountability to each other, this idea of like, I am accountable for my own actions because these are my teammates, these are my guys, and it's not me having to point at you and say, you need to be accountable to this. That you could just tell what he's talking about is this internal like fight for the guy next to you. Look at yourself in the mirror. Look at yourself in the mirror and do that. It's not, there's not this discord, there's not fingers being pointed, because that can easily happen after a oh, few yeah. games in a losing streak. So I thought that was big. And I love the idea of the plays becoming contagious. That's kind of what we talked yes. about, about hoping that first drive last game can kind of catch that spark going. That it's, It is such a game of momentum and feeling and runs. And I think that's what Mike Evans was saying about that was so unfortunate when that pass got dropped at the end, the beginning of Carolina game. Good and bad plays can kind of be contagious where you get this feeling. There's that feeling of we're going to win. There's the feeling it's not going right, whatever that is. That if they can just get a few little things, and it talks, when he said that if we can do the little things right, the big things will come. Mm -hmm. And that's like why we talked about this idea of communication and discipline. And I'm hopeful that this 10 day gap where it's that mini buy, they got to work on those little things that they sat, coaches self-scouted, players self-scouted. You had the time, instead of having to just go on to the next one, you got to sit there and really look Mm -hmm. at what is going on. Yes. And now adjust accordingly. And so I think that they are going to be so focused on those little things and to understand that idea of accountability. And that is what Todd Bowles loves to preach and talk Mm -hmm. about is that accountability but accountability to yourself. Right. Um, I think that I, I just really enjoyed that. And I feel like that is the perfect mindset going into this next game. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, that is going to do it for us on another edition of Tampa two. Thank you so much for being here with us. And we'll be back here next week before the team heads to Germany. Going to be cool. so much to talk about then. So we'll see you next time.